The Iliad is more than 15,000 lines long. It is much longer than near-contemporary Greek narrative poems, most of which stopped with 3,000 to 5,000 lines, and none of which reached more than 7,000. But it is not unique among poems about heroic deeds composed in other cultures. In southwest India, one such poem, the poem of Siri, is still performed orally by specialized performers in the Tulu language. It is almost exactly as long as the Iliad and has women as its protagonists. In Central Asia, various heroic poems survive, versions of which extend to half a million verses or more. The Iliad is distinctive for other reasons, prominent among which are the concentrated direction of its plot and the compression of its action's time span. I will begin by tracing these features through its first 611 verses. They are what texts now define as the Iliad's first book, identified by the Greek letter Alpha, and followed by 23 more, one for each letter of the Greek alphabet from Alpha to Omega. The origin of this division is disputed. In the 520s BC, teams of reciters began to perform the poem in Athens, and on one view, a division into 24 parts might have been devised then in order to help them as they recited in sequence one team taking over from another as each defined part ended. It is not problematic that the name Ilias for the poem is not attested until the historian Herodotus, writing circa 450 to 425 BC. Too little earlier evidence survives for this silence to be significant. It is more telling that he and other authors in the 5th and 4th centuries BC show no knowledge of alphabetic divisions when they quote from it. The likelier view is that the divisions were introduced by scholars of the text in the 3rd or 2nd century BC. Like every modern reader, I will continue to use book numbers when referring to verses or episodes. They are a convenience, but not part of Homer's own plan. Sing, O goddess, Homer begins, of the wrath of Peleus' son Achilles. He is invoking a muse, a goddess, and he repeats the invocation in several other places, usually when the action is about to take a critical turn and he needs to give detailed information. He is not in an ecstatic state, and it is quite wrong to infer that he regards himself as being transported back to envisage the past he is describing. The muses, he says elsewhere, are present, at events both present and past. They witness, therefore, what happened long ago at Troy, and they still know it. One of them sings, whereas Homer himself would have had to rely on human hearsay or guesswork. Accordingly, he tells his story fluently in the past tense, narrating what once occurred in heaven and on earth. Achilles spoke and threw to the ground the scepter studded with gold nails, or on Mount Olympus, the white-armed goddess Hera smiled, and smiling took the cup in her hand from her son. He starts straight into his story without any introduction of the Trojan War and its nine preceding years. It is the boldest of beginnings. As radical as young Orson Welles's decision to begin his film Citizen Kane at the end of its story. By specifying Achilles' wrath, Homer states that his subject is to be an emotion, not just a sequence of actions or a family's deeds across several generations. The wrath, he goes on, was urmeni a word which stands at the start of his next verse. 
It is usually translated accursed, but no god or man curses it, and I prefer to render it as damnable or even ruinous. It is a word of strong disapproval and is placed where Homer, performing, could emphasize it. These first verses cleverly set up what will follow. This wrath laid countless pains on the Achaeans. Suffering and tragedy, we realize, will be prominent in what is to come. The wrath sent many mighty heroes on down to Hades, god of the underworld, and made them pray for dogs and all the birds. A death without burial was dreadful for a Greek, especially if birds and animals devoured the corpse. The wrath, then, had consequences of extreme horror. And the plan of Zeus was being fulfilled. Importantly, Homer uses the imperfect tense here, meaning was being or continued to be. For the moment, Zeus's plan is left undefined. It will unfold with the action, but it is already linked to countless sufferings.